Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Ellis Hennigan. None of us have fallen for the notion that this is conservative. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. All right, so I saw this thing that came out of Australia recently where researchers have developed what they say is a blood test. And that blood test can detect sleepiness or drowsiness in drivers. They say that if somebody has been awake for 24 hours or more continuous without sleeping, they can take a little bit of your blood and they can identify that with a 99% accuracy based on this uh, five biomarkers in the blood. They say they can tell if you've been sleeping less than five hours recently. And of course, the corollary to this is the argument that, hey, being drowsy, being you know tired at the wheel, being sleepy in the car is every bit as dangerous as being drunk. And so the, you know, down the road, pardon the metaphor, the weak language. But, you know, the idea here is that at some point in the future, we could make it and it is already in a couple of places illegal to drive sleepy. But we could actually have a blood test to detect whether somebody is driving sleepy, just like we now have tests to determine whether they're driving drunk. So my question is, is this a good thing to have (laughs) or is this another step down a very scary road of telling people how to live their lives and identifying that somebody is short on anything and therefore we ought to be pulling them over. I have all kinds of questions in this context, but uh, I'm going to start with Ellis because I know he's the, uh, you know, basically the libertarian uh, in in the group. And I want to ask him what he thinks. What do you think about a blood test to tell me that I shouldn't be driving when I go to my morning show on four hours of sleep because I haven't had the state's recommended five hours of sleep and I'm a danger to the other people on the road. Ellis, First of all, you probably shouldn't be driving. I mean, I would. I, I, would I am a good driver. I am a but good yeah, driver. This thing does give me the willies. I got to tell you, I, I mean, I, I'm going to take on faith the idea that the blood test works. Right. I mean, if or yeah. if it doesn't work yet, it's going to work soon enough. I mean, you know, science is, is advancing in all sorts of miraculous ways. But but boy, I I don't know. I don't. This, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm sure we can come up with statistics that will show the certain number of hours of sleep lead to this d- diminished performance behind the wheel. But 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 boy, I see the state doing it. I see employers, insurance companies, you know, should should the should we be you know fired from our job if we're fat? Should we if, if we ride a motorcycle, should we have various rights denied us? I, I think in the end, two, two things. We're probably better off just rolling the dice and taking our chances. And then let's let technology really save us. We shouldn't be driving these damn cars anyway. Let the let the car drive itself. What would be better off with that? So if the AI can get there before the blood test does, we'll all. Yeah, for the AI. That's, that's, that a, that's a great point. You know, industrial safety, for example. What if you had to pass some kind of a test when you show up on the warehouse floor and before you can drive the forklift or the overhead crane that might kill somebody, you've got to show that you're alert and awake and not drunk in, in some measure or other. Uh, Jeff, what do, you, what do you think about the roadside blood test for drowsiness? Yeah, as the other libertarian in the group, I'm with Ellis. But no, 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 no. You mean to tell me that if you if a man with a gun and a badge pulls me over, forces me to take a blood test to see how tired I am. I could possibly be thrown in a cage or fined for driving while tired. All of us have driven 
while tired. This goes way too far. Like the state, I mean, how much more power do we want the state to have? This is absolutely ridiculous. This will, this would get abused. It'll be used for revenue generation because they may not throw you in a cage, but they'll fine you under the threat of being thrown in a cage if you don't pay it. No, there is absolutely no reason why this should be okay. The government should not regulate how much sleep you you have to have. It's absolutely absurd. And I hope I hope that never gains traction here. I know the words and the argument is not the same, but, you know, that's the argument that people have historically made who like to drink and drive against laws against drunk driving, because they'll say, look, I get that the average person might not be able to handle a couple of beers and get behind the wheel. I can. I've been drinking forever. I'm capable. I'm qualified. And a couple of beers just makes me in the right zone for the most effective driving. How dare you use something like that to restrict my freedom? How would you differentiate the case of the drunk driver punish? Yes, even though they don't harm anybody directly, you know, just for getting caught drunk driving versus don't punish somebody for driving sleepy. You you know, I'm probably against most traffic laws. I mean, especially the unnecessary ones. This one I'm a little more lenient on because, I mean, if you do get wasted, then you probably shouldn't be behind a wheel and you could end up killing somebody. As a matter of fact, it's very likely uh, that you will. Um, But I do understand that argument because a lot of people do drive after having a couple beers. Maybe they're not even drunk, but maybe they're over the legal limit and they can get again thrown in a cage for it. So I understand the other side of the argument, but I'm a little bit more lenient on that because this is a situation where you you can kill somebody, whether you mean to or not. So we took a long time as a culture to get to the place where we say drunk driving, no, and we shouldn't be so eager to add anything else to that list until we're really sure. Uh, and the obviously the evidence against drunk driving was so overwhelming. Amani, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I agree with the the others y'all it's getting weird it's getting really <laughs> weird <laughs> it's like i just keep i watch a lot of sci-fi and i've seen the hunger games and i've seen the handmaiden's tale and i've seen all of these movies that when we just let's just add a little bit more control let's just do a couple more mechanisms and before you know it i'm going to be in district three fighting for my life and that's not what i want you know that's not the world that i'm trying to live in so no please do not test people's sleepiness that just gives me sci-fi vibes mm-hmm. would you okay, so- <laughs> You know, I'm going to be ever in your favor. <laughs> and I love that you can't see that she's holding up her three fingers. Boy Scout salute style for the Mockingjay. Uh, but so there is a part of me that's sympathetic to this argument, frankly, because, uh, you know, when I get behind the wheel, I am trusting that hundreds of other people are going to do well by me. And we know from experience that every year, um, you know, tens of thousands of people wind up suffering because that's not actually a safe situation. People who drive without their licenses, people who might have a license, but they really shouldn't have one anymore. Um, people who can't see well, people who don't make good decisions and people who look at their cell phones and people who um, listen to the radio when it's not me. I mean, I'm not distracting, but when other people are on the radio, you know, people who eat and do their nails and all of the dumb things people do while we're driving. and we've. As a society, we are prohibiting some of that, you know, uh, cell phone texting. That's illegal. Getting Looking up your GPS, not illegal. I don't know the difference from an attention point of view, but that's kind of the <laughs> yeah. argument right now. Yeah. Is there, I don't know, merit? You know, I, we can all hope oh, for Alice's yes. long-term solution. The self-driving cars protect us. But when do we decide that this behavior really does make you or this state of mind really makes you unsafe as a driver? That's I have this question. 
I'm not mad at us putting together like a PSA or something, you know, run some ads on it, educate the people, you know, let people be aware of the dangers of it. But when we get into the legal parameters, that gets a little weird because like Jeff was saying, I can see a lot of people taking this whole entity operation of being able to do this and turn it into some very nasty work. I can see it now. I can see them starting to test you. You get to work and let's say you're an hourly employee. You're not on salary. You get to work. They're scanning how tired you are. What if you're past the tired threshold and you can't work your eight hour shift? Now you're missing out on money for the day. Like I just don't like opening the door to certain things like some doors. Let's just keep it close. And to be able to take blood from your body, like force you to let them take blood like that's that is so intrusive. Like so a sleep (laughs) elizer would be okay, but a blood elizer is not okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me let me can can I defend the oppressive state for one second before we go too far in this direction? Um, By the way, I want to be clear while I while this one gives me the willies, I'm not coming out against speed limits or running red lights or I mean, it seems to me most of those rules are pretty rational. I mean, we really don't want people driving 100 miles an hour down the road or ignoring the red lights or, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad drivers out there. There's a there's an awful lot of people killed in automobile accidents, both other drivers, our passengers, bicyclists, pedestrians. I mean, you know, there really do need to be some rules of the road and those rules do need to be enforced. So I just want to make sure we weren't all jumping off of that cliff together. No, no. I live in Texas and we've been voted as the world's worst drivers, y'all. So I I see it every day. It's bad out here. okay? and our speed limits are high. It's terrible. It's terrifying. And people are really dying in car accidents every day. So, yes, have some regulations. Uh, The sleep blood, I think, is just a bridge too far. (laughs) Everything else is good. So I, I know my own personal reaction to this story was easily, I have to admit, at least half motivated by the fact that I do. I get like three and a half hours of sleep before I go to work in the morning. And then I take a nap and I take another nap. And, you know, I mean, I get my sleep somehow, but I definitely don't sleep as much as I should, but I'm still a fine driver. I know that I am with Jeff. There are times in the past, not as a result of radio, but just in general where I have driven in a situation where I definitely should not have been driven. As you say, I think everybody has. And so that was part of my reaction to this is it feels like the state under the guise of making us all safer. I mean, if everybody didn't drive when they were sleepy, we would all be safer. There would be fewer accidents. If we all didn't text when we drove, we would all be safer. We, I mean, we know that it was just somehow the, I'm going to set this rule at five hours. And if you haven't had five hours and your blood says, otherwise you can be arrested. Maybe what this hits on for me is this larger question of, who do we let drive and why do we say that, you know, sort of everybody who passes the bare minimum standards of competence at their best moment in a pre-planned environment like a driver's test, that person gets to keep a license for four years or eight years or when I lived in Arizona until you turn 65, you know, like that's that seems a crazy system to me. Some people I, I look, I'm going to say it. It's, it I, you know, some people should not be driving on their very best day. Some people even on their best day, you put a beer in them and they're a danger. There are other people who probably if they had a few beers, they're actually safe on the road. I hate to say it out loud, but I think we all believe that's true. The problem is, how do you put all of these people in the same game together? Yeah, I mean, it's like a one size fits all solution. I mean, even with the with the sleep thing, I mean, what really bugs me about this is that most people know that when they're driving, they know when they're too tired. Like I, like this year, I've been driving all across the country. You know what I did when I got tired? 
I pulled over and took a nap. I didn't need the government to tell me to do that. Like 99% of people know, okay, you know, I'm way too tired to be driving right now. Be extra careful or maybe get some rest or, or what have you. And I guess even, even the same thing with alcohol. But I mean, these are just, these are one size fits all solutions. So they're never going to apply to everybody. I lived in Europe for a little while. And in Europe, it's normal, like in Britain, it's normal to fail your driver's test one, two, three times. It's very, very hard, right? You have to really earn it and you have to prove competence and then they let you drive. So to me, I think of the people who are driving around me when I drove in Europe is, you know, they're at like an 80% grade of the best driver. In America, I'm with Ellis. I, <laughs> you know, the people who are showing up to the the average school board meetings and the legislative meetings and the people who are driving are running at like, you know, we won't let the lower quartile drive like you've really <laughs> got to be bad in the United States to not get a driver's license. And rationally, that terrifies me when I get behind the wheel. I'm trusting people with emotional problems not to decide to cross the yellow line. I'm trusting that people aren't yelling at their kids in the back seat and they don't cross the yellow line. All of these things. And we see the results of that with, again, 30 or 40,000 people die a year. Should we be more restrictive about who gets a license, Ellis? You know, it's yes, but it's so hard. I mean, the, the, the culture is so wrapped up in our identity as Americans but behind the wheel. I, I truly do think technology is going to save us on this one. It's going to do a couple of things. It'll make the cars safer, which 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 will be good. And it's going to going to going to let the computer drive it for us. And I know there'll be people who resent that and don't want that. But but seriously, some things are better left to artificial intelligence. And and I got to tell you, I think driving is one of them. I, I, I agree with Ellis. I think the free market can solve this issue better than the government passing laws can. Yeah. 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 Although a lot of that stuff is subsidized. So we do need those subsidies. I think. I'm curious. What is the free market answer here? I think it's what Ellis was saying. Self-driving cars. They can promise the uh, the future of great safety when nobody you don't you can sleep in the car. It won't matter because you'll have the yeah. car that can keep you safe. That'd be yeah. awesome. That'd be Amani, should we be more? <laughs> choosy i don't i mean i have you know i've had elderly relatives who clearly <laughs> should no longer be driving and some of them are great but many of them are not and yeah, yeah right and look you know my own kids have you know they were on the driving path and uh, i've seen what a what a 16 year old can do and what an 18 year old can do and i think man the decision making process is not always the best at home maybe it's not better when you put them behind the wheel of this weapon should we be more restrictive be more i hate to say it out loud but like <laughs> europe a little bit, a little bit. I think that there are some people who literally do not know the rules of the road. Like I see people not using their turn signals. Why are you, you can't just whip your car out and turn. Like you need to let people know what you're doing. So I do think that we should have to brush up on our driving etiquette every couple of years, maybe not every two years, but like you were saying, at least every three or four years or something, take a, take a quiz. You might not need to take the whole exam again, but take, take a state quiz or something to make sure that you at least know the rules of the road. And it's and like y'all were saying, like it's such a difficult situation to navigate because everybody is such a different level of driving expert. Like we have some D level drivers, we've got some A plus drivers, and they all just throwing us in the same, you know, graduating class. We're all the valedictorians <laughs> driving here and we shouldn't be. So that's really <laughs> the main problem. It's like yeah. maybe there should be a, a higher standard for you to get the license in the first place so that we are all on the road with some type of basic similar knowledge of how to drive. I was thinking about the technology issue because, uh, you know, though I'm loath to give up control of the wheel to a program, there is a part of me that recognizes the value of technology. And the, the idea I had was, well, 
police officers train on these simulators, right? Where you go into a situation and you're not quite sure what's happening and who's the bad guy and who's going to attack whom and whatever. And you have to learn through these encounters how to react. We live in a world where people pay money to play video games, right? And those video games evaluate you and tell you how you're doing. Why don't we have driving simulator video games for people to take their driver's test that you know, you're driving along and you got to maintain the lane. You got to maintain the speed limit and signal. Okay, fine. Easy peasy. Oh, and there's a kid, uh, you know, there's a dog, there's a red light, you know, there's a siren, you know, encounter some of the challenges that you might see on the road and really give people a grade. And so your driver's license can be like, you know, Andrew, he's an 88, you know, uh, Jeff, you know, he's a 92. I mean, we all know Alice would be like in the sixties, but you know, the I'm in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> I live in New York. I don't need it as much as you guys do. You know, it, it seems like that would be a better way to do driving evaluation. Yeah. And we can't be, that can't be that hard to create. Am I thinking wrong about this? No, that, 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 that can work. L- let me warn you all about one thing. I don't know if, if, if any of you have aging parents and, and you've had to deal with this issue, but it is one of the hardest conversations you will have in your life, which is dad, give me the car keys. You know, when the, when the, the beloved aging relative reaches the point that they're like Andrew's describing, they, they just can't be driving safely. And let me tell you, they will fight you tooth and nail over it because you're not just taking yeah. the car keys. You're taking their, identity and their freedom and their man it was uh that was tough in our family and i i i hope you never have to do it but i bet a lot of you will yeah no i went through that with my grandma you know she was great 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 and then all of a sudden one day well the car is in the shop honey why well because i ran into so okay so let's but you're right mm-hmm. nobody wants to look at the driving is such an identity factor in america yeah. right it's it's a part of being a person it's actually why i don't know about you guys but i've, I've noticed this with my kids they don't want to get a license and it freaks me out. <laughs> don't understand really? it. That is it's, so strange. Yeah. <laughs> but I talk to my friends and they're all the same. Yeah. My kids don't care about driving and no, they have Uber. They probably just call Uber. Right? <laughs> Uber is so expensive. That stuff adds up. Okay. Really and I think you are right. It is part of our identity. Like whenever we get a certain car, your car is kind of like the mini version of you. It becomes like you name your car. Okay. When you're uh-huh. picking up which car you're going to drive, like it's an extension of your being almost. So maybe this is like, something for the children they don't attach themselves to cars like we do because they Good. grew up Ubers and we grew up like aspiring to be able to drive ourselves around one day yeah they're they're all connecting with their friends on their devices and on zoom and over the video game chat and they don't feel the need you know particularly to go driving anywhere and it's hard after all so yeah i i think i'm probably where you all are where we kind of started in the beginning which is i'm fine with the breathalyzer i'm not too cool with the sleep bloodalyzer um but maybe we can all be saved by you surprise me as a libertarian, Alice, so eager to trust the technology, but it might be Bring it, it on. might well be the future that's gonna save <laughs> us on. and save Bring us from on. ourselves. If you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at newsweek.com. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. 
Wow. Which is like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.